joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. I'm excited about getting to share with you this morning. It's uh, always a great privilege to get to speak, and I don't take it lightly. And we have amazing um, pastor, Pastor Lon and Pastor Kelly, and, um, and amazing uh, preachers who, who get up here and, and Pastor Fenn. So uh, it's a little bit, you know, getting up sometimes, it can be a little bit like, uh, it's just, you know, I'm a, a little guy amongst giants, but these guys really en- encourage me, and I just love the, the preachers and the messages we get to have and the encouragements every week. So if you miss out on a week, I encourage you to sign up to the podcast. But more than that, I encourage you not to miss out on a week because uh, there's something about being here and hearing the word together um, with, with the great preachers that we have. And so today I'm going to um, be sharing, I guess, on when plans don't go according to plan. Or uh, another title might be, shipwrecks happen, or when life turns to shipwrecks. And we're going to be um, preaching from uh, Acts 27, 28. But, you know, the other week, uh, last Saturday, actually, Brittany and myself, we went and did some shopping, and we bought a new blanket cover. I know this is an exciting story. It's, it's great. And so we're excited because it's long overdue. And, um, and so, but, you know, there's a trick to getting the actual like the inside blanket into the cover. It's quite a complicated process sometimes. And Brittany had a plan. She, she had it all sorted out there, and she had it laid out uh, in our lounge room. And, and I was sitting back, and I was kind of a little bit baffled. I was like, why hasn't she asked me? Does she not know that I am the master at putting, like, didn't she know I'm the duvet king? I'm the guy that puts the blanket in there. And so she had a, a very scheduled plan. It was working, but I thought, I'm going to go and help her out here. So I kind of came in and, and said, it's okay, Brittany, never fear. I'm here. I'll get this sorted out. And I grabbed one of the corners and, and I was like, this is how you got to do it. This is, this is my plan. And as I kind of brought it up, I didn't realize there was a big cup of orange juice sitting right there on the corner. And so I managed to hit that, but it wasn't one of those spills that just like land on the ground. It was like over the blanket, over the ground, on the wall, on the roof, and I'd managed to stain our brand new blanket. And it just got me thinking, yeah, Brittany had a plan, and then someone came in and ruined her plan. And, um, and so today we're going to be talking about plans, whether they're in our control or, or not. Eventually in life, sometimes our plans will, will fail. And, and it's, I, I believe it's not so much in life what happens to us as Christians, as if our, our identity is founded in Christ, it's not what happens to us, but it's how we react in those circumstances. Because anyone who's been around for a while will know that... Um, Becoming a, becoming a Christian, everything all of a sudden doesn't just sort out and, and nothing goes wrong ever, although we pray and I, and I would hope that for you. But if you've been around for a little while, you'll know that sometimes plan, you have a destination, you have a place you want to go, a goal that you're trying to get to, and then all of a sudden a big old storm comes along and it just shipwrecks you. And it's what do we do in those times? So we're going to be talking from Acts 27, 28. Um, and, and I believe we can just sort of get a bit of a gleam of how Paul, the apostle, reacts um, in, these, in this shipwreck, a literal shipwreck that he goes through, um, and how we can apply that to our circumstances. You know, I believe that in these times that we're not to give up, but we know that God has a plan and purpose, um, that we're to make the most of every opportunity to glorify God and rest in Him, and, and actually 
to prepare ourselves before we go into the storm. So when we do go through it, we know who our God is. We know where our identity is found in. We know that circumstances don't dictate to us that our God is a good God who has good plans for us, but we already have that knowing in us. And when we enter the storm, we know exactly what to do. So I'm excited for this message, and I hope it speaks to some of us this morning. Um, You know, I, I... get the sense and, and just knowing what some of my friends are going through and some of uh, you guys here at church and, and myself that there's a, there can sometimes be a, uh, we enter into a season of fear around circumstances that happen to us. That maybe for a lot of people in Calgary at the moment, uh, the job situation isn't looking great. That can be a storm. That can be a, a shipwreck that you have a plan and goals and then all of a sudden you find out you don't have work anymore. Well, how, how are we to react to that? It can be relationship things. I know uh, a lot of, lot of us are going through relationships that we saw going a certain place or, or a friendship or with our families or, or whatever it is. And, um, and it feels like that's been shipwrecked. Um, there's so many things. I know for Brittany and I, um, you know, we had a plan two, over two years ago, some of you guys know about and some don't when we moved here, that we wanted to start a family together. And uh, that's a dream of ours. And, you know, in many ways that feels like it's, it's been shipwrecked for us because a lot of us here would go through where you have a plan for that and it doesn't necessarily work out that way. And, and you know, you have people saying one thing, doctors saying another, like all this stuff, and that can feel like a shipwreck, you know? And the reason I say that is I don't actually want to focus on that today, but uh, I want us all to know that we're all 100% unique, individual, uh, like different people, but our situations are actually pretty similar. And so I believe 100% that if you're here and you're going through something, there's more than a good chance that someone else in this very place is going through the same thing as you. And so the reason I share that for Brittany and I is because I know that people go through it and feel like they're alone through that, and you're not. There's actually a family of people here who want to get around you and be able to support you. Um, You're not the only person going through job difficulties at the moment. There's, There's a number of people here. And so in these times of crisis, we're to pull together as a family, to pray for each other, to support each other, to listen to each other, and to glorify God together, I believe. So anyway, I want to get into the word because I'm excited. So um, we're sharing, like I said, from Acts, and anyone who knows the book of the book of Acts is that it's uh, sort of the forming of the early church. Um, it's when the Holy Spirit's uh, sent to sent to be with His people, and and then we go through this journey of of the church growing, and and um, and not just that, but the the gospel going just from a Jewish sort of context to the Gentiles, to all the world. And it's an amazing journey. I've been sort of spending a lot of time in the book of Acts lately. I think as we go to uh, extend into East Village of, of you know, this, the scripture that's really on my heart is um, where it talks about in, in those days, the church grew daily. And I, I think it's a, a, that's something that, you know, we sometimes fall into where it grows every Sunday, the church grows. Actually, 24-7, God is building his kingdom. He's building his church across the earth. And things are always happening. So that's really stirring in me. But I found myself in Acts 27. I'm going to read from um, chapter 13. Uh, yeah, sorry, chapter 27, verse 13 to chapter 28, 11. So it's quite a long passage. But here we see uh, Paul and in He's gone through, he's been jailed numerous times. He's um, been beat up and people have tried to kill him. And he's just out there preaching the gospel um, after he had an amazing encounter uh, with uh, Jesus that I'll talk about a little bit later on. But um, maybe you're in this place this morning and you've never encountered Jesus. I want uh, you know, you to feel at home and feel comfortable, but I want, you to know, uh, I want to give you an opportunity later on after this message to maybe invite Jesus into your life for the first time. And, and that's what uh, Paul did. And, and in that, his life changed. And then 
he went through this amazing journey and we find ourselves right at the end of book, the book of Acts and he's been imprisoned for a couple of years under house arrest and he's um, appealed that actually I'm a, a Roman citizen and I, I want to sail to Rome and speak before uh, Caesar. So, um, and they actually, it's funny because it's pretty ironic, they say, oh, actually after they trialed him and heard him, um, the guy at the time who's in charge of that says, well, actually, if he didn't appeal, he could have been out going off free. But since he wants to go to Rome, we'll send him to Rome. And so Paul has a plan to get to Rome. And that's when we see a shipwreck happen. So if you'd read along with me, uh, verse 13, it's, it's quite a long passage, but just uh, try and put yourself in this place. I know for some of you guys, we're so far away from the ocean. This uh, might be a different thing. I grew up by the ocean. Um, I, it wasn't until I moved here, actually, that I've never not lived being able to see the ocean. So I think that's part of the reason why this really uh, resonates with me, this, this story. Um, I grew up in like a boat faring family. And so dad and I would often pull up our boat to the, the boat ramp to go out fishing or setting some shark lines and we'd look out at the ocean and go, oh, it kind of looks rough today. Hey, it, it looks like this could be a little bit dangerous. And, and I'd be like, yeah. And dad's like, yeah, we, we probably shouldn't go out, should we? No, no. Okay, let's go. And then we'd put the boat in there and go out and we'd find ourselves in a scary situation, but we'd never been in a shipwreck. But, uh, but growing up, actually, there was a, a shipwreck that was over 200 years old right near this beach that we grew up to. And near, grew up near, and every time the tide came in, which was six hours, and went out, you'd go along the beach and you could find pottery from the, the uh, broken plates and things, even now, even 200 years later. So shipwrecks fascinate me. And anyway, we'll get into that. So try and visualize what he's going through here. Um, they've set out to sail. It started off okay, and then it starts to go a little bit south, and that's uh, where we pick it up in verse 13. So when a gentle south wind began to blow... They saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster, dun dun, the Northeaster, that sounds pretty intense, swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Corda, or however you want to say that, Bless you, amen. We were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the man hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of that place, Citrus, pardon my bad pronunciation, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storms continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Man, you should have taken my advice not to sail. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and lust. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. You guys still with me? Awesome. So on the 14th night... We were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea 
when at about midnight the sailors sensed that they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the boat. Um, Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food and you haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They're all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, the 276... And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened up the ship by throwing the grain into sea. So I'm just going to sort of paraphrase over the next um, bunch here of what goes on. But what happens is when daylight, daylight came, they saw the land. They decided to run the ship aground. Um, so that sounds a lot nicer experience than it actually would have been with a ship sort of running on and the storm going. Uh, it said, you know, so it struck a sandbar as they were heading in. They broke into pieces um, by the pounding of the surf and Soldiers plan to kill him. All this stuff goes on. Once they're safely on shore, and we pick it up in Acts 28, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built fire and welcomed us because it was raining. And it goes on. Paul um, gets bit by a snake uh, and just shakes it off. So they, they go, when he gets bit by the snake, they say, he must be a murderer. And then uh, he shakes it off and doesn't die. And so they change to, he must be a god. That's pretty pretty big escalation in a matter of seconds there. Murderer, God! But anyway, um, and then it goes on that he, uh, he, pra- he prayed, managed to pray and, and um, show God's glory and, and heal all the tribes, their um, sickness. And he also, there's a, um, a chief official on the island who, who welcomes him in. And his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever. And Paul goes to see him and prays and lays hands on him and he's healed. And so what I want to talk about today um, is, I know that was a long passage. Thanks for hanging me in there. But, but the contrast between um, the the guys who were with Paul, who were in the exact same storm that he was going through, and then the way that Paul reacted. And I believe it's because of uh, Paul's identity in Christ, and he knew who he was in, in Christ, so he could display some characterizations that we can actually display when we're going through situations that, that are just shipwreck. They're just shipwreck. Let's face it, they're, they're not good, but, um, but we can show God's glory through it. So... Um, the first point is uh, that I want to look at the way that uh, the people who were with Paul, the 237 that were with him, how they acted. So the first thing was, and, th- and this is how uh, we tend to, to act sometimes, but, but in God we don't have to, is they acted out of fear. So often when we have a plan, we have a destination, we have a goal or something that's going along and all of a sudden it gets shipwrecked and, and our plan doesn't go according to plan, the first thing we act out of is, is fear. It says in verse 17, uh, 17, 17, because they were afraid, it says they, they did some stuff. And then it also later on, um, on the third day, they started throwing stuff overboard uh, in verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Um, the more they feared, the less they hoped. 
until they eventually lost all hope. And, you know, we say we have sayings, uh, just not just in the church, but all around, that, that fear is the enemy of faith and fear is the enemy. And, and I believe uh, one of the biggest kind of targets of fear is our hope. I believe fear is an enemy of hope. Um, and so it says that when they started to act out of fear, then eventually they gave up all hope. Um, you know, I feel today right here in church today, in this service, there's people who are, you're living in a bit of a state of fear because of the circumstances that haven't gone the way you, you thought they'd go. And, um, and, and we all slip into that. I, I share Brittany and I's little bit of our story. You know, it's, it's, things come up and, and you all of a sudden go to this place of fear. But, uh, but because of who we are in Christ and because of what he's achieved for us on the cross, we don't have to live out of fear. We can live out of faith. And that changes everything. And that excites me because some of you guys in here today, some of us are, are feeling like we're, we're beat down, like we might have just uh, jumped overboard off the ship and then we're half drowned and we're dehydrated and we're dragging ourselves and we're on an island that we don't even know. We don't speak the language of the people around us and we feel alone and lonely. And that it's easy to slip into fear and hopelessness. But through faith, we can step into a place where God wants us to be, a place of peace, a place of confidence, a place of hope in Him, and, and that we're assured that we know that we know that we know that God has a plan. So um, in, we see ourselves that uh, in John 14, 27, Jesus is talking, and He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Say to the person next to you, do not be afraid. Turn to the other person on the other side, do not be afraid. No, Jesus didn't leave us what this world leaves us. He, we don't have to have fear. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Say, he cares for you. I love it. It's great. Many of us know the psalm in Psalms where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. I want to assure you today, no matter what shipwreck you're going through, that God is with you and he doesn't want you to have a spirit of fear and you have access to a spirit of faith because of who Christ is and what he's done for us. Amen? So that's my first point. They acted out of fear. Uh, secondly, they threw cargo overboard. Now, in the context of the story, that was probably the right thing to do because they're in a shipwreck and you're trying to do that. But, but to apply it to our shipwrecks and our circumstances, often we start, out of fear, we start to throw cargo overboard that we probably shouldn't be throwing overboard. I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, you know, we begin to, uh, I mean, take tax time, for example. Amen? Tax time? I love it. Awesome. Hey, tax. And it's good. Um, but, you know, you get an unexpected tax bill or something you're expecting to get money and, you, and you, you don't get money. I don't know if anyone else has been there, but you end up paying a lot. And it's like, thank you, Jesus, that the government uses taxes. It's an awesome thing. But, um, but all of a sudden we go from like smooth sailing, cruising along. Uh-oh, here's a storm. Here's a shipwreck. Uh-oh, quick, sell the dining table. Sell the TV. Sell the dog. Honey, we're going to have to sell one of the kids. Which one's your favorite one? We can't keep them all. We go into panic mode and we start destroying cargo overboard. But I, I believe, and that's what these guys did. They started throwing cargo overboard. But um, because of who God is, I think we, in our storms, we can take a moment, moment and be still and know that he is God, even in the storm. 
and we can pray and go, okay, God, is there, is there things I'm meant to throw overboard or is there things I need to keep in this situation? I believe as, as Christians, um, it's not, not that we don't enter into panic times, but we don't need to ever live in a state of panic. We, we have those moments of panic, but we step back and we can go, okay, there's a storm going on around me. The boat's kind of rocking, crazy rocking, especially what they were doing. But we can be still and know he is God, he is in control. We can be of sober mind and not make like that panic drunk. I don't know if you guys know that term, panic drunk. It's like panic and all of a sudden you start like acting crazy. Oh, I'm going to throw this overboard and it's just like going crazy. No, we can, we don't, we can be sober minded. We can be prayerful and selective of what needs to stay on our ship. And, and like I said, maybe some of the things do need to be thrown overboard, but God will direct us in that. And the third thing is, as I look at the clock and go, thank you, Jesus, you help me, help me, help me. They, um, the third thing they did was they stopped doing the things they should be doing. The literal example is they stopped eating. It says they didn't eat for 14 days. But often when there's a storm on and we're in a, in a situation of shipwreck, we stop doing the things we should be doing. You know, what are the things that you have as a, a daily habit, like eating or, or drinking or getting into your word, praying, and then I don't know if anyone else experiences this. As soon as our plans go a little bit off course, all of a sudden those things become, they just go away because we try and do stuff in our own strength. I want to encourage you today in the situations you're in, and I don't know what exactly it is, but, um, but keep those things that you should be doing. Eating, keep eating. You foodies, keep eating. But keep getting into the word and praying and spending time with God. Because in these moments of, uh, of shipwreck is when he wants to speak to you and show you a way out. You know, Paul responds, and I'm going to kind of go through this quickly, but we see Paul responding with encouragement. Paul encourages people through the storm. Verse 22, he says, But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. In verse 25, he says, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground. So he didn't shy away with what was going on, but he encouraged him in the circumstance. You know, the way that you react in your storm, the one you're going through, the one you, heaven forbid, might go through in the future, or maybe ones you've, in the past, the way you react can actually change someone else's life. And you can encourage other people through your storm. And the way that you react, you know, I know a lot of people say um, God's blessing is, is what will show people God, and I 100% believe that and I am so excited when my friends get a job promotion or a new car or a new house, these things. But the times in my life when I've been most encouraged is when I've seen like friends and men and women of God in my church and my family here who are going through hell, going through a shipwreck and things in the natural don't look good, but they remain faithful and they're worshiping and they have their hands lifted in worship. You know, I, I love getting encouraged by other people's blessings, but I'll take your storms as well because when you can be faithful in the storms, when you can worship God and encourage others in the storms, for me, that's a much more powerful experience. You know, I had a friend who uh, in my last church back in Tasmania and, and their house got burnt down. He had a family. Out of the, all of a sudden, there was, um, they were burning some stuff off and his house got, um, on the Saturday, got burned down. And then the next day in church, he turns up and he's worshiping God. He's on the front row through the shipwreck and he says, he says, this isn't a time to pull away. This is a time to, to show people that God is steady. And I just love that. So in your storm, it's not actually about you. Don't become inward focused, become outward focused. Who can you encourage during your storm? You know, in First, Thess uh, First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. 
Galatians 6.2, bear one another's bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This term, the law of Christ, it's the only time it appears like written like that in the New Testament. And I believe it's, it's the law of Christ is because we're not under law anymore, we're under grace, but he says, love God and love others. So we're meant to love others. So during your storm, don't become inward focused, look outwards. Who can you encourage? You know, I love that Paul in his encouragement spoke faith, not fear. He didn't shy away from the circumstance, but, but he said, Nevertheless, we're going we're to do this, but God is in control. None of you are going to be hurt. Not one hair on your head is going to be hurt. So speak faith, not fear. Uh, the second thing he did was he gave thanks. Verse 35, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of all of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were encouraged and ate some food for themselves. It's beautiful. In the middle of a storm, that would be hard to do, but it's cool. They, um, they, so Paul here gives thanks in the middle of a storm. They know they're going to be in a shipwreck and he gives thanks. So I just want to encourage you, uh, whatever you're going through today, find something to be thankful for because you have something to be thankful for. You're here. You made it today. That's awesome. Be thankful for that. You have a roof over your head. Be, Be thankful for that. We live in a great country, great city. God's going to move in this city. Be thankful for that. You know, there is something in your life to be thankful for. And what be, being thankful for, it does, it takes our eyes off our circumstances and our storm around us, and it actually uh, takes it to God and go, yes, God, I'm thankful. You've delivered me before. You're my provider. You're my healer. You're my way through. You're, you're my straight paths. And it's, so find something to be thankful for. Um, yeah. Paul was a thankful guy, not only in this circumstance, when he's in prison, when he's on the roads, when he's getting beat up, he, he remembers to thank God. Paul continued to do things they should, like eat. That's the third thing he did. Um, most of us here don't forget food. Definitely, most of us here don't forget food. Just saying. I love food. It's so good. But um, comfort food, anyone? I don't know. But and. During the season of plan not going according to plan, don't forget to do the things you need to do. And I've already said this point. Um, it says in the passage he ate. It says he gave thanks. He was, it said he was praying because God spoke to him. And knowing Paul and his characteristics, I wouldn't doubt that even in the middle of the storm, uh, the scriptures are going through his head. Because in that culture, um, you know, they had better memories than us. And they could remember the Old Testament. He didn't have the New Testament. But, but so he would have been uh, speaking the words of God o- over his uh, circumstances and in the storm. So they're the, they're the ones for me that I, I want to be, get better at making a daily habit, regardless of whether the sun is shining, everything's going smooth, or if I'm in a storm, of, that I continue to pray, that I continue to get into the Word of God, and I, I continue to spend time with Him. I continue to be thankful, that I continue to get around you guys, my church, my family, because we're not meant to go and do it alone. That, that needs to be something that we make, is that we're a part of community. Um, I just want to sort of start to wrap up here and I'll skip through a few things here and maybe I'll do a follow-up message one day. Um, but my next kind of point, and it's a, it takes a little bit of a, now they're on the land and they're, they're all good, they're all accounted for. Um, during our unplanned um, shipwrecks, not that you ever plan a shipwreck, but our times of not being in our plans, um, snakes will try to get into our, uh, our lives and, and poison us. You know, he had a literal snake biting him. You guys don't have to worry about that. Growing up, I had to worry about snakes a lot. Um, it was funny when Brittany first moved to, 
Tasmania. Um, I was like, really thankful. It was amazing. It's because we got married in, in Hawaii and then visas didn't clear up. So we're like together for four days, came back to Canada for a few, and then we had to be gone apart for another couple of months. So thank you, Jesus, for that. That was awesome. And, um, but, but when she first got to Tasmania, we'd go for walks in the evening and Brittany would walk around like this. And I was like, Jesus, thank you for my wife. Very thankful she's here. Is she angry at the moment? What's going on? And, and, and stomping around. So I asked her after a while, hey, what's with that? And she's like, well, I've heard that, that snakes stay away. If you make a loud noise, the vibrations take them away. So there were snakes where we were. But here, <laughs> the, um, but, uh, so we have Paul, and he gets bit by a snake, and he just sort of shakes it off, and, and the poison doesn't get to him. But... Um, but also in that story, it talks about then the words they're speaking over him. They talk, on one hand, they say he's a murderer, and next they say he's a god. So Paul doesn't let the poison get to him. He shakes it off, but he doesn't let the words spoken over him get to him either. And so during your circumstances, during the things that you go through, people are going to say stuff, well-intentioned or not. They were probably, they, it was a compliment, you're a god. Well, it's not, no, that's not a good thing. It wasn't a compliment that you're a murderer. <laughs> but either way, whether it's well-intended or people are trying to pull you down, in your times of shipwreck, people are going to say stuff, or things are going to happen, or thoughts are going to go through your head that have the potential to poison, and then that poison leads into fear, and that fear leads into that hope, hopelessness thing. But, but you can actually shake that off. You don't have to put up with those poisonous thoughts, poisonous uh, voices that come up, because God's empowered you to, to be able to shake off the venom and just find your identity in Him. Um, so I was going to get into that more, but you get the point. Paul is secure in who he is, so he can do that. He can shake off his words. He's secure in who his God is, and that he knows that God will not allow us to go something that we cannot handle, go through something that we cannot handle. So, and uh, just in summary of a whole bunch of stuff here, Paul had some core things established in his life um, to pre- help prepare him for this storm. He knew that he knew that he knew that God had a plan for his life, and God has a plan for your life this morning. He looked outward to help others through the storms. He listened for God's voice. He knew the scriptures. He learned to be content in the highs and the lows. And that's something that we should be praying for. God, I don't want to stay in this, but help me be content in it. God, because I know that uh, my security is founded in you, Lord. Um, Paul did not sit up on the beach and just do nothing during the shipwreck. He used the time of being shipwrecked to glorify God. And I believe you in your circumstance today can do that too. The same spirit that was in that Paul had, the same Holy Spirit and the same Jesus that he served is the same one that we do today. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the cross. We celebrated Easter last, uh, the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago maybe. Yeah, one week, two weeks, whatever it was. That same spirit that rose him from the dead actually is in you. That's awesome. That's an amazing thing. No shipwreck's going to get you down. The Spirit of God is in you. He is in you. He wants to use you in a mighty way. And he, he rose Jesus from death on the cross. He can rise you out of this situation. So I just want to, we can have the keys come back up, and the band actually, the worship team. Um, you know, something that I just wanted to highlight, and it's a very natural scripture, very factual. It says that in chapter 8, verse 11, and this is after it, this amazing stuff's happened, it says, after three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. You know, maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. I want to read that again, though. After three months... We put out to sea. After three months of our plans being diverted, of our plans not going how we thought they would, of three months of God, uh, God using Paul in an amazing way, we put out to sea and they set sail for Rome. 
There's an expiration date on your shipwreck today. Amen? It's, you're not in it forever. I know it feels like it might be forever. It feels like it's a long time. There's actually an expiri- expiration date on your shipwreck, and God has a way out. In this one, here, in, um, in this circumstance here, it says um, that they actually they set sail in a, a different ship that had wintered there for the island. So maybe during the shipwreck, you're going to have to change some things and, and exit in a different ship, maybe. I don't know. Maybe plans will look a little bit different to how you thought they were looking, but God has a plan and He has another ship for you to sail in to smooth the waters. And so I believe today that, uh, that God's just, um, hopefully He's speaking to you and encouraging you to fear not, to have faith and to know that He is God and to use your shipwreck for His glory. Amen? Who wants to be used for God's glory in this place? Each one of us can. It's not just a person on a stage. It's not just... Uh, the select few, but God actually wants to use each one of us to grow His kingdom in Calgary, in this city, and to encourage and change other people's lives. So uh, if we could just stand together as, uh, as we finish, what I want to do is uh, to end the service, I want to just pray a prayer over all of us, of anyone who's feeling fear at the moment, and they're in a circumstance they want, they want to change. And it will change. I'm here to tell you it will change. But during that time, God wants to use you and speak to you and, and change your life and change those around you. So to end the service, if, if that's you, I'm going to get you to raise your hands in a moment. But, you know, there was another time that Paul's, the apostles' plans didn't go um, quite as he thought they would. Paul was a, um, was a Pharisee. Uh, he was a religious Jew and he was, wasn't happy about the Christians. And he actually was on the road persecuting him, locking him up. And Jesus had an encounter with him where he knocked him off a horse and he introduced himself to him. And, and he changed Paul's plans forever and changed his life forever. And maybe you don't have um, a relationship with Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, but I believe that, uh, but if you're willing, that Jesus will meet you on the road today. He will knock you off your horse and your plans and that He wants to enter your heart and and become uh, your friend, your Saviour and Lord. So I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment with all eyes closed to be able to to repeat a prayer with me and and accept Him as your Saviour. Maybe you've felt disconnected from uh, from Father God or from Jesus. during this season or just in general, and you want to recommit your life to the Lord today, I want to give you that opportunity as well. Or maybe you've been in church all your life, you don't quite fit into either one of those categories, but but you want to know that if something was to happen tomorrow, um, it, that you, you know, if you were to leave this world tomorrow, that you'd be assured that you're going to heaven. You want that confidence that we can only get through Christ. And so you have a relationship with Him. He's your Lord and Savior, but you don't quite have that in your heart that you would go to heaven. I want to be able to pray for you as well. So just with all eyes closed, I'm not going to invite anyone forward here, but between me me and you today, if you fit into any of those three categories, you want to meet Jesus for the first time and make Him Lord. You want to recommit your life to Him or you want to get that assurance that you're going to heaven. All eyes closed over the mind. Can you just lift your hands up? Give me a wave and I'll acknowledge it. I'm just going to go quickly in this place. Give you a moment there. Sweet. Great. Good. That's fine. So if, if you for whatever reason, didn't feel like putting your hand up and you want to meet Jesus, please come and see me afterwards. Now, if there's anybody in this place and that uh, that whole fear versus faith battle is going on in your life right now, um, 
I just want to encourage you to lift your hands out in front of you. You might be in circumstances that you don't see a way out, shipwrecks that you don't see a way out of. Maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a a lifestyle, maybe it's something that's going on. And you just want to uh, increase your faith today and we want to bind that fear off. If you could just lift your hands out in front of you today or or up in the air, if you could do that. And I'm just going to pray over us now. I'm going to invite the, uh, the prayer team down and after the service, you can come and get prayer for anything that you want, including that. But I want to pray over us right now and declare the scriptures over us. So Lord God, I just thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan and a purpose for each person here, even in their shipwrecks, Lord God, that you have not abandoned them, Lord God, that you are with them and you want to use them. So we, we just speak faith right now in your mighty name, Jesus, and we bind off fear from anybody. Lord God, we know that fear would poison us, but faith would lift us up, Lord God. So we just pray right now, Lord God, that these people can leave today feeling uh, reassured and encouraged in you that you are in control. You have a way out. You have a plan and purpose. And we speak off fear right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. You've made us to be the head and not the tail. Lord God, I thank you. Your word says that we are to fear not for you are with us, Lord. God, I thank you that... Uh, God, that you've created each person for a purpose and and you have a reason for their season, Lord God. So I just thank you, Lord God, that right now you're increasing faith in this place, Lord God. God, you are for each one of us, Lord God. And if you are for us, who can be against us? Lord God, so we fear not and we trust in you. We trust in every circumstance that you are in control, you are a good father, and that you are showing us a way out of our shipwrecks. So we just commit these people to you. And I thank you, God, for for amazing days ahead, God, of your kingdom being grown and these people being lifted up. In your mighty name, Jesus. And the church said, amen. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much today, guys. Uh, I'm going to invite the the prayer team forward. So if you want prayer, uh, maybe you're in that situation and you just want someone to stand with you and pray, help pray through that, please come forward or anything that you want. They're trained and they're ready and raring to go. So out those doors walks people full of faith, not fear, ready to be used by God and ready to defeat that shipwreck they're in. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.